Welcome to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. The Pharmacy Future Leaders is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, focusing on pharmacy student perspectives, interviews, and the future outlook of our pharmacy industry. This is Kelly Roach, host of Unstoppable Success Radio, CEO of Kelly Roach Coaching, where we help entrepreneurs from around the world to make six and seven figure leaps in their business. And you are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Tony Guerra, for the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, broadcasting from DMAX Health and Public Services Building on the Ankeny Campus. Connect with me on Twitter at Tony underscore PharmD or on YouTube at Tony PharmD, where you can find over 700 pharmacy videos supporting my audiobook, Memorizing Pharmacology, and the new book, How to Pronounce Drug Names. Every fourth or fifth episode, I bring in a mentor who can help the pharmacy future leaders. And today we're talking with business growth strategist Kelly Roach, CEO of Kelly Roach International, a corporate standout term entrepreneur who is the author of the ebook print book and audiobook unstoppable nine principles for unlimited success in business and life in a recent podcast episode unstoppable success radio number 164 she had a very high level conversation about what it means to sell effectively based on the science of selling i'm excited to bring kelly to the pharmacy podcast pharmacy future leaders to talk about what it means to effectively get your message out there in an arena where the word selling might be a very uncomfortable word. So Kelly, thanks so much for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. Definitely so pumped to be here, Tony. Thanks for having me. Well, Kelly, I listen to your podcast weekly and your consistency is tremendous. Uh, You're clearly a leader in the podcast space, but for those that don't know you, just tell us a little bit about Unstoppable Success Radio and why you started that podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I started the podcast so that I had the opportunity to serve and connect with people around the world on a free medium that would allow me to expand my platform and audience and really as an extension to accelerate growth in my business. And that's exactly what it has been. It's been a great launch pad for a lot of growth in the past year, a little over a year since we launched. And, uh, you know, certainly it's become a very big part of our marketing efforts and it's where a lot of of our new clients are coming from. And really the show is just designed to serve and make the biggest impact possible, Tony, in 30 minutes or less, three times a week. So we have three different types of episode every single week. We have a teaching lesson where I actually dig into something on business growth strategy, productivity, mindset, health and wellness, something that's going to help catapult you to the next level of success. I do one show a week where I interview a guest expert, as you already mentioned. And then every Friday, we do an Ask Kelly episode where I address questions coming in from my listeners, from my email community, and from people out there that just want some specific tip strategy and advice on how to go further, faster in accomplishing their goals. So that's what the show is all about. And uh, we're just on a mission to make the biggest difference possible and to help as many people as possible. On a recent episode, you uh, talked about how uh, if you're selling to someone that it's a lot easier to get someone who's already buying that product and then you go and get them your product, but you provide better service. Um, And what I wanted to bring you on is that our podcast listeners are already sold on the podcast. Some people don't listen to podcasts, uh, but that's why I wanted to introduce you to them. I know that they would want to hear from you uh, because you have such great audio, you have such great content. 
But in terms of that content, many pharmacists want to be entrepreneurs. Like you did before you left the corporate world, they also are already doing well financially. But like you, Kelly, they want to have a finance they want to have financial abundance and autonomy and unlimited growth, which they don't have in their present careers. Um, you talk about this in your audiobook, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you managed transition from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur. I know a lot of them would love to be in your shoes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the most important thing I think for people to know is that there's no perfect time to start a business and there's no ideal situation where it's going to be easy or clean, let's say, to uh, make that transition or to sure. get started. So, you know, the, the best piece of advice that I have for everyone listening is no matter what you have going on, whether you're, you know, a parent that's working two jobs or you're a stay at home and you're working on the side or maybe you have a full-time gig that's, you know, a lot of hard hours, you know, I've worked with and helped many entrepreneurs and I myself started my business while I was still working full-time. And many times people either delay starting a business, Tony, or don't start a business because of the life circumstances at hand, because of the complexity of their situation and because they don't feel like it's the right time or they have enough money or, you know, they're, they're dealing with other things. And, you know, the, the biggest thing that I want to convey to everyone listening is if you have a dream of creating a better life for yourself and you realize that you will never be able to accomplish the level of autonomy and success, financial abundance and freedom that you're looking for unless through your own business, you cannot wait, you cannot delay, you must get started today because it is a process and it is a journey that takes time. And every moment that you're thinking about it and deliberating and planning for it, instead of doing it, is a moment that you just kind of threw away. And our time on the planet is limited. We have one shot. We have one opportunity, Tony. And so it's just one of those things where you have to realize there is no perfect time. There is no perfect situation. Just get started today. Yeah, and my uh, my ticking clock, I guess, is my daughters are five, five, and five, so they're all going to go to college at the same time, and I made the mistake of doing one of those calculators where it says, how much money is that going to cost? And the answer was $1.4 million for undergraduate, and that doesn't even count graduate school. So I'm looking at maybe a $3 million. Uh, if I want to support them, I'm looking at really needing to somehow come up with $3 million somewhere between now and then, and, and so the time is now uh, to get started. Well, let's talk about some nuts and bolts. Uh, I'd really want to introduce them to your podcast. And number 164 is where I recommend they start. The Science of Selling Expert uh, you talked with talked about how people actually respond, and this is a bit scary, to a non-expert selling with confidence versus an unconfident expert. But pharmacists that are trying to present a clinical service, maybe for a diabetic, maybe for someone with high cholesterol, they might not come off as confident because they don't want to seem pushy. So how do you present as confident but not pushy? That is a great question. Well, I always tell people, and, and when I teach and train my own team on sales and marketing, you know, selling is all about serving. When you have a consultative approach where you're asking questions and truly focused on being in tune with listening to the other person in front of you and then can knowledgeably and concisely answer their concern with how to overcome that, how to work through it, what they can do about it, and it's done with genuine sincerity, kindness, a serving mentality, 
you can still have extraordinary levels of confidence, but do it in such a way that you're confident in how to help that person either overcome a challenge that they're dealing with, work through circumstances or something that they're facing, or get a specific result that they want. So your confidence is not so much in you pushing a specific solution or a specific product, it's more so your confidence in their ability to overcome whatever it is that they're facing or achieve whatever it is that they're going for. And your your kind of comfort level, knowledge and certainty about what the right next step for them is going to be to accomplish that goal. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. It it's, it really is a paradigm shift where instead of saying, you know, how can I get this to them? You're just saying, how can I listen to them so well that I really understand what their need is and I can serve them? And that might mean putting them to someone else or referring them, but eventually, you know, all of those uh, will come back to you. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit more because one of the selling pearls that was in that podcast episode was about two choices. So if somebody has two choices, they feel less like it's going to be pushy. So the patient knows they need to take their medicine and eat healthy logically, but they don't. So maybe they should be given a choice. Do you start with exercise or do you start with diet? But how do you approach your own clients with multiple choices so they don't feel like they're being pushed on? You put out so much content. Uh, how do you give uh, multiple choices to your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So two things to think about there. I, I get a question from my own clients very frequently. You know, how do I draw the line between what service or product I offer in a specific situation? Or how do I decide what I'm going to gear them to and what in what specific situation. And I always laugh when I get that question because the answer is you always guide them towards what's going to be best for them. That seems so intuitive. Right, right. But but sometimes as entrepreneurs, we like overthink things, right? And this is us as humans. We do this all the time. We just way overthink things. So the key thing is, is what is best for your client or customer? So going back to your question, Tony, you know, there's typically two levels of anything that, that someone can invest in to get a solution that they want. There's the basic bare minimum that will get them by. And then there's the next level up that has some added, you know, benefits, bonuses, support, whatever. And so as a pharmacist, what you want to look at is like, what's the basic that will get them by? And then what's the ideal, right? You're going to have some people that are focused on the price and they're going to go for the basic. You're going to have other people that want the best possible outcome and they're going to go for the ideal. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. So uh, many people uh, might start out with your podcast, which are free, and then they'll say, okay, well, I'm willing to now buy the book. And then they go from buying the book to maybe another service, uh, which you give so much content and you give so much value that I can't imagine that as they're listening to this content, that they're not actually building some wealth. And they're like, wow, you know, this money is because of the tips that Kelly has given me. Uh, maybe I can invest in her or maybe now I can afford uh, something that's a little bit higher on the scale. And, and that's really, I think that's really good because I think they feel, pharmacists feel that they have to give this specific product and they aren't giving them a menu of choices and really thinking about their concerns. Because right now in Washington, D.C., we have no idea what's going to happen. And, you know, millions of people might be 
without insurance or have a different insurance and now they're going to need uh, lots of choices and those choices may need to be on the cheaper end, not cheaper end, but uh, maybe more introductory uh, end. Well, let's talk about this um, this word reactance, which was uh, new to me um, in this podcast where uh, the example was you don't say don't litter, you say pitch in. So many pharmacists work with people to stop smoking, but that means don't smoke won't work but maybe put the cigarette back in the pack, Mike, something like that. How do you as a coach keep things on the positive as, you know, you want to tell them that don't waste your money as you, you talked in a recent episode about financial freedom and making sure you keep your money in. How do you keep it on the positive rather than saying these are the things you don't want to do? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think that it's all about translating whatever it is that you're saying and whatever it is that you're conveying to the person into the result that you know that they most want. So like if it's a spoker, for example, they're not real, real motivated, you know, by going through the process of quitting Absolutely. smoking, yeah. right? So yeah. like that's not, they're, they're not excited about the process nope. of going through nope. and trying to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. However, however, they may have a dream of of being able to go visit you know, their grandkids and be able to play with their young grandkids and and walk on the boardwalk without breaking a sweat and feeling like they can barely breathe going up and down the stairs. Um, You know, they probably have in their mind things that they really deep down want so badly but the negative process of quitting smoking or the fact that they've tried it so many times in so many ways before keeps that from that. So, you know, the thing is, is Tony, it's about getting people really in tune with that end result that they want, what's on the other side of the rainbow, getting emotionally attached to that, and then helping them to see that you're laying out for them the simplest, cleanest, most effective way to go about achieving that. So instead of saying you need to quit smoking, you're going to get cancer, you're saying, you know, you realize that, you know, within X number of days of quitting smoking, your lungs start to replace themselves and and heal themselves. And by one year from now, if you started today, you could be going up and down the stairs and breathe clearly. You could be playing with your grandkids. You could be doing all these things that you're totally restricted from today. Would that be worth it to, to go through this process and try one more time if you knew that a year from now, that's what life could be like for you? You see the difference in that feeling? That dialogue that you just did would be amazing for pharmacists to be able to master. And the thing is, though, when they're going through undergraduate, they're studying biochemistry, organic chemistry, uh, maybe a little bit of humanities. Then when they go into professional school, uh, they're also, again, working on these sciences. Maybe they're doing some talking uh, with some case studies and things like that. But I went through seven years of business coaching as a real estate uh, professional and I know what it is to get rejected. I know what it is to continue to to fight for my clients and that was the thing that they referred me on is that those talks between the realtors behind the scenes where we are battling it out, uh, they don't get to see that a lot. How do you help Uh, these professionals who want to make these patients better, how do you get them through that rejection part? Because I think that's the one thing that kills many people who might want to sell or work in a field or or advance, but they're just so scared of rejection and they've never had this training, uh, even though they have doctorates, bachelor's degrees, master's degrees. 
Absolutely. So, you know, this is exactly the thing that every new entrepreneur faces when they get into business, Tony. So, you know, when you start a business for yourself or you pursue a new level of success in your career, the skill set that got you to the level that you're at now is typically completely different than the skill set you will need to get to the next level. Meaning what got you through school and got you through a doctorate and got you to a level of knowledge and comprehension that makes you a good pharmacist is going to be completely and totally different from what's going to allow you to build a profitable practice and connect with customers and be able to make sales. So instead of having like an emotional reaction of like, this is rejection, you know, this demotivates me, I don't want to go through this, you need to ask yourself, have I gone through and done training and practiced and mastered the skill set of communicating effectively, of selling effectively, of, of really connecting people's pain points with solutions in an effective and constructive way that will allow me to get a yes? And too many times, Tony, people are, are approaching a new level of success trying to use the old skill set that got them to where they were. And it's not that skill set that's going to get them to where they need to be. So it's not that they're not any good at it. It's not that they tried and that they failed. It's, hey, did you actually pursue training, experience and knowledge in the new skill set that you're going to need to get to the level that you want to be? No, I absolutely agree. And and the issue is I think that many are stuck on this grades thing where, you know, I've, I've always gotten A's and I'm just not willing to go into a space where I, I can't get an A right away or I can't be good at it uh, right away. Um, so how do you recommend they get away from what I call, I guess, the academic mindset and kind of go into this street smarts uh, just very practical mindset of getting out of their head that they're here to to take a test, but they're really here to help people. And it's the outcome that matters, not the grade. Absolutely. So, you know, I think the thing that's really important to remember and consider here, Tony, is that, you know, there's only two kinds of people, right? There's the people that get hired by someone else to build their dream that get told what to do and color inside the lines and follow the rule book that someone else set out for them. And then there's the people that go out and build theirs, right? So, you know, the exact things that made you a good student are all going to have to be peeled back and released if you want to color outside of the lines. And, you know, the difference is making enough money to get by and maybe, you know, live a, a sustainable lifestyle where, yes, you have excess income every month, but you also have to clock in at a certain time and clock out and you don't necessarily get to decide your schedule. And, you know, you can't just pick up and decide you want to travel for a year around the world with your family. You know, you're you're living life on someone else's terms, not your own. And, you know, if you are not willing to fail, you have a very low Uh, ability to succeed and especially with entrepreneurship because with entrepreneurship success is largely contingent upon willingness to fail yeah and I've uh, I've taken that head on I'm my little thing that I get to do is at 1050 today I'll get to go have lunch with my daughters uh, at kindergarten and I get to do that four days a week and that's something that I just wouldn't be able to have uh, if I had a, a job that somebody else was dictating my hours. Um, but to do that, I had to put a ton of content out there. So I have just you know two products, two books. And just to get one book going, I put out 700 YouTube videos uh, supporting it, free videos, free content. 
And I think many pharmacy businesses think they don't have the time or they don't think they need to put content out there. But the reciprocity principle, Kelly, that people will want to give back if you give to them seems to come into play that you talked about in that podcast again. So, for example, my preferences are audiobook over ebook, podcast over blog, one-on-one coaching over group coaching. I won't even do the other three. So how do you as a business owner and also as a busy parent, how do you have time to make sure you're getting quality content out there consistently giving those choices that they need? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think, you know, it. you have to know what's important and what's in alignment with your value system. And you also have to know kind of what decisions you need to be making on a daily basis to be optimal and to be optimal is necessary because you will not have the energy or the drive or the passion or the follow through to achieve any of these things if you're not. So for me, there's like certain principles that are absolutes, you know, eight hours of sleep, eight glasses of water, you know, exercise. So there's certain things that are absolute must. Um, And and then it's just being ruthless with your time. I mean, it's just knowing what your priorities are. And right now, you know, definitely 2017 and beyond, you know, there's an expectation and a demand from our market that we be visible, that we be engaging, that we be putting out content that they can vet us through before making a buying decision. And people simply don't have to take a risk on someone that they've never been exposed to or that they've had no way to vet anymore because the vast majority of leaders that are really building you know, timeless and effective businesses that are going to stand the test of time are sharing content in that way. So if you refuse to do that, obviously it's going to be very difficult for you to master a selling proposition that supersedes the people that are because they're building that relationship with their audience every single day, you know, through that content. And it's going to be really hard for you to just step in and say, well, you should buy my product or service. I know we have no affinity. I know we have no relationship. I know you don't know who I am or why you should buy from me, but I have the best product. So, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, you and you talked about that in the, the podcast as well. You know, it used to be where pharmacy was a business, patients would come to them, no problem. But we're seeing now with so many choices, people are looking online first and with, you know, the uncertainty in Washington, D.C., the patient may never come if you don't tell them. So in the podcast, Kelly, you guys talked about 60% of the selling is done before the client ever steps in the door. How do you coach your business owners to make sure that it's their 60% the clients are seeing? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the one of the big, really important things is that only, you know, three percent of your target market is in the market to buy at any given time, which means that that is a low number. It's very, very low. (laughs) It's very low, which means the vast majority of people that are making an inquiry about your business or thinking about buying your product or service or getting on your email list or joining your audience, you know, they may not be preparing to make a buying decision for three months, six months, even a year into the future. And so that relationship that happens in the meantime is really what's solidifying that buying decision. And that's exactly what we were talking about on on that episode of my show. It's the fact that you, once someone is ready to make the buying decision, the decision has pretty much already been made. So if you're not willing to sell via relationship in the interim, 
you have a very low percentage chance of succeeding in business with the way that content marketing has evolved today. So the the way of bridging that gap is continuing the dialogue and continuing the conversation and building the relationship with your audience throughout their entire buying cycle from when it becomes a, a level of awareness on their radar that this is something that they're going to need all the way up through when they're ready to make that buying decision. Once that conversation is cut off or that dialogue is broken, it's going to be a very small chance that they're going to, on their own, remember you and come back to you and, and then ultimately end up buying from you, if that makes sense. Yeah, but can you talk a little bit about what a buying cycle is? I think that's maybe something that's unfamiliar to uh, many healthcare professionals. What is a buying cycle? We probably do it and we probably are in it, but how do you, what are the steps or what are the pieces of that? Sure. So I'll just kind of go through it in a very simple, you know, simple example that that will, you know, respond, correlate for everybody listening. So, you know, the first step is awareness. So it's awareness of you. It's awareness of your product, your service, your solution. Right. Mm -hmm. Once someone becomes aware of you, then they start to get to know you. So this is the process where they're like, okay, who is this person? Are they legitimate? You know, is this someone that I should trust? Should I listen to them? Should I continue? Should I continue to pay attention to what they're doing? So getting to know you, seeing what you're all about. What's your value system? What's your brand all about? What does your business do? Right. Who are you in your space? Like what is your platform within your space? Because, you know, Tony, just because everyone listening is a pharmacist of some kind, there can be pharmacists that have all different types of uh, value systems and platforms and specialization areas. And so no two people that are listening today are the same. Absolutely. And so it's being clear on well, what what when someone's getting to know you, what is the impression that you're making on them and what are you doing to create that impression and how are you sending a clear signal about who you are, what you do, what your value system is, why someone should continue to dialogue with you. So that's kind of the no. Then there's the like. So, you know, you see something repeatedly, you start to have a little bit of a comfort level with it. And the more you see something, the more you begin to like it. You know, it kind of grows on you a little bit. You hear that phrase all the time. It grows on you, right? Sure, yeah. That's that natural process of getting comfortable with something that you see over and over again, which is, again, why consistently see and marketing is so important because so much of your results come from the frequency and the consistency of the contact that you have with your target market. So you're they're aware of you. They've gotten to know you. Now they're starting to like you. And then finally, they begin to trust you. And the trust really comes, Tony, from the belief that you have their best interests in mind. The belief that you focus on serving first. And if you focus on serving first, you'll never have to sell a day in your life because it is through service that people raise their hand and say, I want to work with you. I want to buy your program. I need your help. I need you, know, you to guide me through this process of regaining my health. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it sounds like you're talking about the raving fans, the ones that yes. will absolutely refer you and uh, just say, you know, this is a person you you have to talk to. But there are challenges to that a little bit. In the podcast, you also talked about genuinely, genuinely liking someone. And when someone hears that a person said something nice about them, it's really tough not to like them. But many of these pharmacists are very busy. Um, they've got insurance problems, billing problems. The last customer may have been very mean to them. Other customers are very sick. Uh, how do you, just personally, how do you keep this positivity? Because every time I listen to your podcast, it's like you woke up on the right side of the bed. You are so excited to, to come to the day. How do they express that joy um, how do you get that every single day so that you are consistently showing that you really, really like this patient? You really are happy that they're there? Nope. You know what? I know I'm busy, but I want to make time for you. I have no problem. Let's uh, talk about what you need. How do you keep that consistency? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, something that I have shared on the podcast before, you've probably heard me talk about this, Tony, is that, you know, people that are super positive, super energetic and very consistent work very hard at that, right? So for me, for example, I have to get myself into a state before I record my podcast to make sure that I am concentrating, that my complete focus is there, that my energy is there, and that I am going to help people to get the result that is intended for them to get out of the show that I'm about to create. And I think having intention of, you know, if you're a pharmacist, for example, making sure that in every interaction that you have with a patient, customer, you know, potential customer leaves a lasting impression on that person that you have their best interest in mind. That can be as simple as smiling at someone, Absolutely, you know, yeah. for the love of God, it's not that difficult. <laughs> if there was just a mirror, age, if there was just right? a mirror, right, to, to right. see how you're looking. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it can be as simple as a smile. It could be, you know, hey, let me know how that goes for you. If you have any problems, like pick up the phone and give me a call. Here's my card. You know, it's that concern. It's that caring. You know, for me, the way I show that caring and concern is number one, by having a show that's dedicated every single week to the questions that are coming in from my audience. That's me saying, I'm not here just to put out stuff that I want to put out. I'm here to serve you. You write in a question to me, I'm going to create an episode for you. You know, I don't know any better way to show that I care than to make sure that my content is specifically addressing the questions and concerns and comments that are coming from my very own listeners. And so it's just looking for a way to genuinely be present with the people that you're there to serve. And of course, there's there's times and situations where you're so busy and there's so much going on and there's, you know, all kinds of problems and challenges that you're dealing with that leave very little room for small talk or for, you know, yeah. that, that extra stuff Absolutely. that we all love to engage in that we really don't have time for. Um, but you have to find a way. And I think it's it's putting boundaries around what you do and the time that you spend interacting with people and not over committing yourself. Because when you are over committed, you know, that's when things go awry. And it's very, very difficult to not overcommit. And, you know, especially I'm sure with, you know, pharmacy, you can't really control the flow. Like, you know, one day you might be seeing 100 people, another day, maybe two. How do you predict or control that? You know? 
but you can control what you're listening to or preparing the day. And and I know you're in Philly. I was in Baltimore. Now I'm in Iowa. But I just have the eye of the tiger in my head now that that's part of your morning ritual. Whether it's not, it is or not, that's fine. Uh, but the Rocky theme just keeps uh, coming to me that uh, maybe that's the way to start the day. Um, but tell me about, uh, I guess, the one last thing where I really wanted to understand because I keep hearing this over and over with your clients, is underpricing their services. That I've heard the expression, you can double your income as quickly as you can double your self-esteem. How do you help your clients with this self-assessment of their own financial worth? It is absolutely amazing, Tony. I mean, literally, if I could, if I had a dollar for every client whose rates I doubled, I, I would be retired already. So, you know, the thing is, is that we as entrepreneurs, the hardest thing in the world is to value your own work and to demand what you're worth. And especially because as a newer business owner, as an entrepreneur, you know, you want to get the business. And so what's your first instinct? Lower the price to get the business. You need the client. But what people don't realize is there's a lot of unintended consequences to doing that, including mispositioning your brand in the market, attracting the type of clientele that you don't want, um, having less committed people where there's more problems, and it creates a, a cycle of you not being able to manage the link between the dollars and hours in your business. So the biggest thing, Tony, that I tell people to do is actually take what they do and quantify the result that people get and the impact that that has on their life. So like in your circumstances, for example, if you help people get on the right path for their health going forward, you know, you're going to lower their insurance costs, you're going to prevent heart disease, you're going to help them to avoid a lot of hospital bills. And we know that, you know, uh, compromised health and medical bills are like the third leading cause for bankruptcy in the US. So, you know, it's it's connecting those dots first for yourself and then connecting those dots for your patients, clients, and customers. Most people never take the time to really look at the big picture of what they do. They're looking at, okay, here's what I do, and this is what I want to charge for it. What they're not looking at is, here's what I do, this is what I want to charge for it, but this is what it's really worth when you quantify the impact this is going to have on someone's business or life. Wow, that really makes so much sense. Um, I know I know many of our listeners will want to uh, hear your podcast episodes, but uh, how would you prefer that people contact you? Definitely. Well, I go live on Facebook every single Sunday night and I do a teaching session. I answer people's questions. I hang out with everybody that joins. So you can definitely follow me on Facebook. Kelly Roach International is my page. What time? And of nine o'clock Eastern. Okay. Kind of a weird time, but that is when my Facebook audience is online. So that's when I I show up, even though usually I'm in bed Sunday nights. <laughs> I'm okay. there because that's, that's awesome. when my audience is that's hanging awesome. out. Um, and, you know, definitely the best place to connect with me is for sure the podcast. I mean, Unstoppable Success Radio will change your life. If you're someone that wants to start and grow a profitable business, you can get a lot of what you're going to need right there just by tuning into the show. And, of course, if people want to reach out directly, they can email me at coaching at kellyroachcoaching.com. And uh, just a couple of quick questions, uh, some uh, quick advice for uh, our listeners. What's your best daily ritual to keep your work on track? To already have your time blocks done for the day before you start the day. 
Like my day is already 100% planned out before I start the day. And if new things come up, either they fit in between those scheduled time blocks or they have to go on to a future opening. But the best advice I have is time block your calendar and proactively put in the important things that must get done. And then you decide whether or not you have time for other things as they come up in and around that. But keeping those commitments to yourself is the number one thing that's going to keep your sanity and also allow you to achieve not necessarily the urgent, but the important things that are going to move you forward towards your goals. Normally, I ask people, what's the best career advice they've ever received? But I'm going to ask you, what's the best career advice you think you've ever given someone? Hmm. And you give a lot of good advice. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, You know, I would say it's, it's the same. So it's the best advice I was ever given. And it's also the best advice I've ever, um, you know, received. So, you know, when I was a year into my career, my mentor sat me down. I was the top performing salesperson in the company. I'd produced $30 million in like less than a year and I loved it and I was on fire and I was getting so much recognition and he sat me down and he said, it's time to move into management and your results are going to suffer and it's going to be really, really hard. Um, but you know, you're, you're never going to be able to achieve the level of success that you want. If you try to do it through being a producer yourself, you have to be able to achieve exponential multiples of that by getting results through other people. And I think leadership has been the number one reason, you know, for the success that I've achieved. And now what I'm trying to do is instill that in my team at Kelly Roach Coaching. And, you know, that's, I actually put my marketing manager, Stephanie, um, into my $10,000 a year mastermind, which is all about leadership so that she can learn how to become an effective leader so that as we build the company, she can continue to progress her career and we can exponentially grow versus just get the results that she herself is capable of as an individual. And that was something that was unusual about your particular uh, business in that you say, bring the whole team. Uh, to uh, mm-hmm. your coaching rather than, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is coaching for you when that's not how things work. So uh, again, an added bonus. Um, but what inspires you? Wow. A lot of things inspire me. I mean, I, I think the number one thing that inspires me is I cannot believe how much opportunity there is uh, on the earth to just challenge yourself and to do great things and to, um, you know, reach new new highs. And, and just I, I'm inspired by, you know, the opportunity to keep growing and keep challenging myself. Um, definitely for me, obviously, as a mom, you know, and I have a two and a half year old, you know, I'm inspired by what I want to to create for myself and my husband and my daughter. And I'm inspired uh, by having the opportunity through my business to not only be a good role model that will hopefully help my daughter to succeed in all that she pursues, but also the fact that I know for certain that I will be able to give her a, a better life than, you know, either I or my, my husband was given because of this business. So I think those are those are some things that really inspire me. Well, Kelly, thanks so much for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. I know that our audience is going to get so much out of this episode. This is fantastic. Thank you so much, Tony. If you're interested on being on the Pharmacy Podcast, Pharmacy Future Leaders, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Tony underscore PharmD. If you're interested in sponsoring a Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast episode, contact Todd Yuri at thepharmacypodcast.com. We thank you so much for listening. 
Thanks for listening to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. Be sure to share the show with the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders. 